Okay, today's topic is Web3 and blockchain, and we will look at how Shell, one of the world's leading energy companies, is using Web3 and blockchain. And to help me with my conversation, I'm joined by Jen Javins, who is the Vice President of Computational Science and Digital Innovation at Shell, as well as Sabine Brink, who is the blockchain lead at Shell. Welcome to you both. It's great to be with you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. So where are you joining us from today? So we're all over the world today. So I'm, I'm joining from Houston. I'm out here visiting the team. Very good. Great. Yeah. And I'm normally based, uh, based out of Amsterdam in our technology center, but currently in a bit of a more sunny situation in Portugal at the moment. How lovely. Very good. So maybe we can start by you giving us a super brief overview I mean, dan and i go go a long way i've helped shell develop a, a data a data strategy and ai strategy some time ago a very long time ago it feels and then since you've done so many cool things at shell and maybe you can give us a very brief overview of what you both do at shell yeah so maybe i'll jump in first and then let's have been build on it so um, I guess, Bernard, obviously, as you say, um, thank you so much for all your help. Um, it's been a great journey together. Um, and obviously, you've really appreciated the dialogue over the years. Um, it, my role is that I'm looking at the future of digital technology for the organization uh, and how, in particular, we can leverage digital technology to accelerate energy transition. Mm -hmm. So Shelm has made some pretty bold, bold moves. We've made some pretty uh, ambitious, put out some pretty ambitious targets. We've said we want to be net zero by 2050 or sooner. Uh, and we want to reduce our scope one and two emissions. Those are the emissions that we're directly accountable for by 50% by 2030. Now, if you can imagine that the scale and size of a company like Shell that's had a very high, strong footprint in the hydrocarbon based industry for a long time, these are rapid shifts over a pretty short period of time, really. And we believe very firmly that digital technology is one of the critical levers that we can pull to help us to accelerate uh, energy transition. And it's actually one of the easier levers because many of the other things require large capital investment, big changes to the footprint of how energy is actually created in the first place. So things like transforming refineries into energy and chemicals parks. The advantage of digital technology is that we can get started right away and we can deploy it quickly through, through digital ecosystems. Uh, and so we reckon uh, that we agree with what the World Economic Forum is saying at the moment, which is that potentially if you think about uh, the whole energy sector, including mobility, we could see as much as 20% in terms of CO2 reductions if we were able to deploy CO2 at scale rapidly, uh, so, uh, deploy digital technology at scale rapidly. And so I think, you know, from my perspective, the opportunity to really accelerate energy transition using digital is really exciting. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you look at what my team is trying to do, we're really trying to put together the capabilities across a number of domains, AI, blockchain, digital twin technologies, IoT, edge computing, that are going to help us to accelerate and to achieve those bold ambitions that we have. Amazing. Yeah, this is super cool. And I think lots of people listening envy probably your job because that's just so cool. And obviously, one of the coolest technologies around at the moment is blockchain. So Sabine, you, you're the blockchain lead. What does that mean? 
Yeah, happy to uh, talk about it. And you're right, it is one of the most exciting spaces, but I'm completely biased in saying that, of course. So, uh, uh, but no, from my perspective, I am currently leading the blockchain team across Shell. So we really are looking at how do we utilize this technology, blockchain, Web3, decentralized technology to help us um, create new solutions for the future of energy. And that is an extremely exciting journey to be on. Uh, I started on this journey for blockchain and shell around five years ago. And this was really the early days when, you know, blockchain and cryptocurrencies were in its first hype cycle around 2017. Um, we obviously saw a huge surge in interest in, hey, what is this technology going to do in every single industry across the world? And that's when Shell really said, uh, this is when we want to start building a capability because we see that there is potential in this technology and we see it, it's potential disruption that it could bring to all sectors, including energy. Uh, and since then, we've been working really across the group in uh, trying to define use cases. We've tested out the technology early days and now it's really time for us to start or we are starting to scale this technology largely across the group with concepts like renewable energy tracking or supply chain solutions um it's all in there and it's a pretty exciting journey very good hopefully we can go into some of those in a bit more detail in a minute dan maybe you can give us a definition or an overview of, of web3 what is it for you yeah, and it's it's an interesting conversation, of course, Bernard, because it's an emerging one, and I think everyone has slightly different views of it. Um, I think for me, if you look at the evolution of web technology, of course, you, you start off with the simple web pages, which is kind of where we started, you know, HTML static pages, and, and typically people refer to that as the first generation or web one. Web two is, of course, really where we are now, where you start to have user-generated content, where you start to have interactions uh, between people who are sharing content in a distributed manner through the web. For us, Web3 is really moving towards a decentralized model. So if you look at Web2, it's actually quite centralized and quite static. The data comes together. Uh, this is, of course, how the hyperscaler clouds and uh, how platforms like Facebook and, and others have really you know, generated such a, a foothold in, in the Web2 ecosystem. But I think one of the challenges with Web2, which is, I think, the driving force towards a Web3 paradigm, is the fact that people want more control over their own content. They want more control over their own data. They want more control over their own identity. Mm. And so those forces are driving us towards a new decentralized model where we move perhaps more to a uh, that ownership model where the data is controlled. And of course, blockchain is a critical technology in getting us there. So, so that's kind of the overview. But if I build on that a little bit, Bernard, I think the other thing to say is that, of course, from my perspective, it goes beyond that because Web3 is also about having a digital twin environment of physical reality. So the way that I see it is that you are in a situation, if you like, where you are able to digitally represent the real world and where you create through a decentralized model, a mechanism through which you can actually create new business models and new ways of interacting. Uh, and I think that's where it gets very exciting when you think about the energy system, because in the energy system, of course, we have a highly complex, highly distributed physical asset base and the opportunity to take all that data into a digital ecosystem and then to start to gain new insights about it. And then on top of that, to also try to integrate that data in new ways and then to turn that into new way, new business models 
is really, really exciting. And maybe, you know, one of the, the examples that we're talking about today is, is Avilia, of course. And Avilia is the new platform that we've just put together, which is our first step into this world, where what we're trying to do is create traceable, decentralized records of the carbon footprint of specific energy products that goes, uh, if you like, that enables us to look at the generation of the CO2 footprint right from the production point right through to the point of consumption. And if you look at that, there's all sorts of ways in which this can be used to accelerate energy transition and to move towards uh, the sort of Web3 environment that I described, that metaverse construct of the energy sector. Yeah, this is super interesting. With Shell, Shell is probably, I guess, not the most first company that springs to mind when we talk about Web3 and blockchain technology. So maybe we can go into the specific use cases in a bit more detail to give people an overview of how are you actually using blockchain technology today and what are the benefits that you're seeing in that technology yeah for sure and and maybe um you know to step back a bit better just to drill in before i drill into that i think the key thing is one of the core use cases that we see for blockchain is the ability to avoid double counting in carbon management. Mm. And, and why is that so important? The, the challenge we're gonna have in the coming period is that all companies are gonna start making sustainability targets, I believe. You see that already. I think it's going to come through regulation. Um, if it doesn't, I think many companies are gonna do it voluntarily anyway. And so the importance of starting to say, I'm going to be sustainable, and to, do, to make that commitment to your shareholders, to your customers, is something that's going to become ever more important. Now, the challenge is it's quite difficult to actually say in a concrete fashion uh, that this molecule ended up in this place and it was used in this way. And, and that challenge is non-trivial because of the nature of traditional, if you like, Web2 type reporting structures. The advantage that we see from blockchain technology is that, of course, we can retire it. So we can really say, we, we produced this, it was used here, and then once it's used, it's retired, so that carbon credit can't be recycled. So you're able to create this end-to-end, -end indelible, traceable mechanism of carbon that flows through a supply chain. And I think for me, that's a really exciting use case. And of mm. course, the, the first uh, application of that that we're going after is sustainable aviation fuel. Um, and I'll let Sabine deepen that out a little bit. It's good to see her back and talk yeah. a little bit about, you know, how that how that's working and the way in which we put the system together, which is the Avilia platform that I was talking about. Very good. Sabina, do you want to give us an overview of, the, of that use case? Yeah, sure. Great. And um, let me fill in from the Avilia standpoint. I think to me, this has been one of the most exciting projects we've been working on uh, over the past couple of months. Um, we've done this together with partners uh, like Accenture, the Energy Web Foundation, MXGBT, um, and together with Shell. And it's been such a journey to go from an initial ideation concept to actually really bringing a product to the market now together with these partners that has the potential to really decarbonize the aviation sector. And and if we look at the aviation sector, you know, this is a really hard to decarbonize sector. Um, we are not, you know, tomorrow going to have a large scale airplanes that can be fully driven by green electricity that are able to travel us all around the world. And this is actually a solution, a sustainable aviation fuel that we can utilize today and implement 
today with existing infrastructure. And this makes it so exciting for us to work on a technology that is not talking about the future. You know, we're going to decarbonize aviation in the next, you know, 25 years, this will be ready. It's really about doing it today. Um, from a technology perspective, what's been really interesting is using decentralized technologies like blockchain to create a ecosystem where partners and different stakeholders can come together like corporates and airlines. Okay, maybe you to all cooperate and share and exchange data to the car. Um, and this is, yeah. Is the connection? Yeah, no, carry on. It's, 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 it, was, it was just cutting okay. out a little bit, but yeah, carry on. Okay, great. Um, and really, where we've launched last week is that Avilia, and this is our first blockchain powered booking claim solution that is currently existing out there. And really what it's trying to tackle is the inefficient supply or availability of sustainable aviation fuel today at an affordable price. And what we're now doing is we're saying we're bringing together the airlines and the corporate flyers and producers like ourselves, and we are co-funding that sustainable aviation fuel. And this really allows the uh, energy attributes or the environmental attributes to be shared and claimed appropriately by the airlines and by the corporate flyers. And today there's no real mechanism to do this in a trustworthy and completely transparent way that is utilizing open carbon accounting standard. So this is really the first booking claim system out in the world that is using blockchain technology to create that transparency and to create that um, means of distributing those energy attributes. Interesting. So what is sustainable aviation fuel? Well, so, so maybe I'll take that one and I'll build a little bit because I think it's, it's yeah. really important that for those that aren't familiar with our sector just to understand a little bit more about what this is all about. Um, if you look at traditional aviation fuel, of course, it's generated mainly from hydrocarbons. So we mm -hmm. take oil out of the ground, we refine it, and then it, it, it gets cracked and turned into jet fuel that then gets distributed all over the world and is what powers the flights that we all enjoy today and, and the mobility that we all enjoy. Of course, we all know that this is a problem because we need to change this towards a, a much more CO2 efficient manner. And as Sabine says, that's really difficult because electrifying planes, particularly long haul flights is non-trivial. Now, if you look at stable aviation fuel, there's a variety of, uh, of inputs that we can generate that have a much lower CO2 footprint in terms of the output of the fuel. So for example, if you take things like biomass, uh, interestingly, we've also shown you can take things like you can create fuel in a synthetic manner. So we actually flew a flight from Amsterdam down to Madrid on synthetic kerosene. That's actually uh, fuel that's generated from CO2 uh, from, the, from the air or from a concentrated CO2 stream. So there's a variety of ways we can generate that, uh, taking even things like waste and turning that into sustainable aviation fuel. And the idea is if you look at the life cycle of these fuel types, and obviously it depends on the feedstock, but the footprint of a sustainable aviation fuel powered uh, flight could be as much as 80% less than uh, than the equivalent when you talk about a sort of conventionally fueled flight. So it's a very, very significant impact that you can have quite quickly on global CO2. Now, the challenge with that, um, which you, you, of course, will, will appreciate, Bernard, is that there's a supply and di demand dynamic because generating sustainable aviation fuel today is much more expensive than the equivalent fuel. 
And so what we have to try and do is bring down the cost very, very quickly so that that becomes the default in the market. And that's what we want to drive as Shell. We want to ensure that the aviation industry can enjoy at scale sustainable aviation fuel, but we need our customers to pay for it. The challenge of, of that is how do you get uh, the, the airlines to pay a premium for it? And of course, it's not, as you can imagine, coming out of COVID, it's not easy just to have a conversation with the airline saying, please, can you increase your fuel costs very, very substantially to help us produce more aviation fuel. And so this is why the Avelia solution is, is such a beautiful solution to this problem, because of course, we have companies, um, you know, major corporations that are willing to pay those premium prices. They are willing to say that because they recognize the importance of this in terms of driving their own CO2 footprint down. And so we're trying to create a mechanism through a traceable solution where we give those corporations the ability to claim the credits of what they've done in helping to accelerate the development of aviation fuel to send a demand signal that then will boost the supply. And so it's a really powerful example of a digital solution that's helping an ecosystem partake in driving the adoption of sustainable aviation fuel. And hopefully it becomes an accelerator to then drive the investment that we all need in order to bring down the economics. Yeah, very good. I love that. And beyond this super interesting aviation fuel use case, are there any other use cases that you're potentially excited about when you look into the future? Potentially exciting. That's a challenge thing because there's so many exciting things out there that um, are possible and that we're working on today. I would say one of the um, really interesting other use cases at the moment, which we're busy with, is taking a similar concept but applying it to the electricity sector. So if you look at the electricity market today, we have certificates that represent a electron and prove that it is green or that it is gray. Uh, but those certificates are quite hard to track throughout its life cycle. Um, they're managed by registries. And if you think about really large corporates um, or companies that have, for example, big data sets running, um, their aim is to make sure potentially that they are running on 100% green energy. And today with the mechanism of the certificates, it's quite hard to prove that on a, let's say, daily or a monthly level. Uh, today, those consumers of that large amount of energy can only prove that on a yearly basis because that is when the certificates are granted and they can actually claim that. So it's hard to actually claim with their sustainability goals that they're saying, we're actually 100% renewable all the time. Because in real life, uh, it might have been green energy or it might have been green energy that they've been using and they've had to purchase more um, guarantees of origin, for example, on the market. Now, where we're working on a solution is where we utilize blockchain and other technologies like IoT and ultimately AI will play a really important role in this as well, is where we create those certificates at the source where the energy is generated. So be it a windmill on the North Sea. And you can timestamp that electron with the asset where it's being generated and the time where it's been um, being created. And you can actually match that production of energy directly with the consumption of energy of one of these large data sets or data centers. And that is now being possible on a, let's say, 30 minute interval. And that creates that much more granularity of data for the energy market. And we believe that that is a 
game changer at the moment. It's not necessary by regulation yet, but this is really where you see the market moving a lot faster and saying, no, we really want to be green 24 seven. So prove it to us in real time. And this is one of the exciting solutions where blockchain as well creates that transparency assures us that there's no double counting of electrons in the whole system. And we believe that this will be quite a big game changer for our large um, customers out there. Yeah, super interesting. So the decentralized internet of energy, I like that. Dan, exactly. what, what, what other use cases do you see in the future? What is exciting for you when you think Web3 and Shell and maybe the energy sector more widely? Well, I, I think it's a few things. Um, so, of course, you know, you can translate short term what Sabine's talking about to more or less any energy product. So whether it's green hydrogen, whether it's, uh, you know, renewable diesel, right? You can think about all of these things where they have the same requirements. And so, of course, we're looking at that and, and we see real opportunity given our capabilities in blockchain and the, the capabilities in Sabine's team to really try and accelerate that and, and to not just focus on sustainable aviation fuel and power, but really broaden across a whole class of new products in the energy sector. And I find that extremely exciting, mm -hmm. but it, it's even bigger than that because one of the other things, and I think we talked about this in one of our last conversations, Bernard, is you know we've been developing you know, through the data strategy that you helped us put together, uh, actually an integrated data platform that provides us with unparalleled uh, understanding across our business. So just to put that in perspective, we've aggregated about 2.9 trillion rows of time series data, curated time series data across the entirety of our business uh, based on IoT devices and other sensors that we have throughout our facilities and wind farms and solar parks. Now, if you think about the opportunity to put traceability together with measurement, together with simulation, together with AI, you can actually see the power of how this comes together into a true integrated digital twin. And that's what my team is really so excited about, the potential to do that at scale. You know, we're rolling out digital twins today across our assets. As you know, we're rolling out AI across our assets. And when you put that together with the traceability, we believe that we can bring to market a whole raft of you know, decarbonization solutions where we can partner with our customers to help them accelerate their decarbonization journey using digital technology at the forefront. And so the potential, I think we're just getting started. Um, you know, there's so much more that we can do. Um, and it's just a really exciting time to be in the space that we're in because you can really see how this technology can make a difference uh, to Shell, to our customers, but importantly, to the planet. Fantastic. No, I, I agree completely. Sabine, anything to, to add from your point of view? This vision that Dan is outlining is, is really exciting. Um, I think one maybe thing to add is to take a step back and to understand why is this Web3 revolution actually happening? And I think that is a truly fundamental part. If you're looking at the current shift or revolution that is ongoing from a Web2 to a Web3 world, where things are going to be, your platforms are going to be more community-owned, community-driven, more participatory, data is going to be democratized, you're going to have more ownership of that. Well, if you think about those kind of more you know, that cultural shift really in our online world, and you take that to energy, to me that is extremely exciting because in the energy sector, we're also going through this revolution. 
people really care or starting to really care about, hey, how do I participate in this energy transition? How do we all make choices that contribute to the right outcomes to decarbonize? And I think Web3 and the sort of cultural element that is changing in Web3, we take that into the energy sector. To me, from that perspective, we're just getting started because we're going to be seeing models in future, you know, tokenized energy markets, more advanced token carbon markets, uh, decentralized exchanges, uh, decentralized finance having an impact on sustainable financing across the world. These are all incredibly powerful new tools that have not been available to us in a Web2 world. And that is where I think the true fundamental change we're going to see in the next, let's say, two to five years from my perspective. Yeah, super exciting. I could carry on talking to you both now for forever. <laughs> I know Dan has to shoot off for another meeting, so we'll keep this a, a bit shorter than normal. Thank you so much for your time, Dan and, and Sabine, and good luck with all those super exciting projects at Shell. Thank, Thank you so, so much. much. Thanks for having us. Perfect. And anyone who ever wants to re-listen to these conversations, that just head to my YouTube channel or my podcast. Mm -hmm.